0: Magneto Funky, number 48. It's Monday, November 27th, 2017. Hey, Larry here, in the pursuit of grid power to the people. This week... My look at pulse width modulation got trumped by the imminent elimination of net neutrality and what you going to do about it after it happens. The music this time takes a swing through the East Coast to check out bands in greater Gotham. That was Wanderer, a new tune sent in by MJT, the previously featured progressive alt-rock trio of brothers Matt, David, and JoJo, based in Long Island. Uh, This tune is from their fourth EP, Home, uh, released just a fortnight ago. And by the way, if you're in town, you can catch them tomorrow night, the 28th, at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. And December ninth at the Gateway, also in Brooklyn. Hey, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international pod zine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics, with a focus on energy independence for the ninety-nine percent. My pod pages are twelve twenty-three studios dot com slash m dot h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in grid theory, I was going to go over pulse width modulation and how it relates to slow discharging uh, supercapacitors in a boost box. Well, in a nutshell, it's just one way to smooth out and regulate the energy. Roughly, kind of like a bridge rectifier on an AC hand crank generator, except you can use a charge controller or a boost buck DC to DC controller. But this ongoing bullshit from FCC bridge troll Ajit Pai and his efforts to kill net neutrality got me hot. Because throttling access to the internet through extortion is just as damaging as a level 6 grid down. Oh, that's no estimated date of recovery. And you know, no matter how this latest move breaks, the big telecoms, they aren't going to stop. But, hey, I'm not saying don't kick up a fuss with protests and pushback to the FCC and demands to keep net neutrality in place. Just accept that they desperately want to install both a toll booth and a Gaza Strip checkpoint on the information superhighway. Now, Big Telecom, that's what, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, CenturyLink, etc., and all their little tentacles, oh, did I miss one? They've been fighting community broadband for years to make it difficult, illegal, or expensive for communities to roll their own. Now, to be specific... Here are the six common rat bastard techniques, uh, courtesy of Motherboard. Contacting local officials to convince them not to compete, even when the government itself is wired with fiber. Uh, Disinformation campaigns, a.k.a. a media blitz right before a local referendum, of astroturf op-eds, push polls, Full page newspaper ads, bullshit mass mailers, and etc. Intervening in local elections, especially against nonprofit organization backed candidates, including recall efforts against any who do get in office, heavy lobbying of state legislatures, and getting their paid stooges to push Alex style boilerplate bills called model legislation in multiple states. Uh, lawsuits employed to make the community's waste, energy, and money better spent on equipment because it's much, much cheaper to deploy armies of lawyers than actually improving their own frickin' infrastructure. And lastly, actually competing against fledgling community fiber and cable networks by threatening local suppliers and contractors. If you do business with them, you can't do business with us and lowballing prices. You know, the same way a new dope dealer in town will hand out dirt-cheap product to take over a market and starve out the competition. But say the inevitable happens, and one way or another, your high-speed connection becomes a muddy dirt road, and your community is officially blocked from rolling its own, there is an alternative. With current 21st century-level technology, You don't have to lay miles of cable. Just use an already existing component of wireless infrastructure. I'm talking about mesh networking. Something that's been around since the late 90s and was originally developed for military communication applications so that every node could dynamically serve as a router for every other node. In that way, even in the event of a failure of some nodes, The remaining nodes could continue to communicate with each other, and if necessary, serve as uplinks for the other nodes. Now, two very cool examples of what's out there right now for smartphones that have been well overfunded through Kickstarter, and they are available, are Gotenna Mesh and Sonnet, both designed to work outside big telecom infrastructure. But, Beyond smartphones, the technology has matured to existing internet networks around the globe. I mean, you have like Guifi in Italy, with a big presence in Rome, Fry Funk in Germany, and in this country you have NYC Mesh, uh, the Detroit Community Technology Project, and in Oakland we have People's Open, a community-run wireless mesh network. Oh, there's a couple of cool videos on the last two outfits on the YouTube. You should check them out. And as far as San Francisco, uh I did see attempts 10 years ago, 5 years ago. And there's a small WISP, uh that's wireless ISP, called Monkey Brains, that's currently running. But I didn't see any open source mesh. Well, maybe, because any interested folks probably have been pushed out of the city by now. But if the current FCC has its way, that may change. Hell, I might have to go that way if an AT&T minion hears this episode. Uh, okay. Uh, coming back with lab notes on the Sunstone load test. Okay, back to the stage. Continuing the greater Gotham set, all curated at Reverb Nation, with an instructive hip hop number, Show You, a 2016 cut by Dino, a New York, New York rapper with no bio, but a number of very interesting releases like this one, which you can buy at iTunes.
1: To do it. Show you how to do it, show you how to do it, do show you how to do it, do listen, show you how to do it, do it. All right, class is back in session. Please save any questions you may have until after I'm finished speaking. Teaching to the masses. Give sermons to iconoclasts searching for fame and fortune. Learning this is important. To pick eternal wisdom within these lines I'm spitting. Up for the most interesting man in the universe. I do it unrehearsed from the goodness inside. A benediction, so shut up, sit down, take notes, and... Listen. Show you how to do it. do it. Show
2: you how to do it. Show you how to do it.
1: Listen. Show you how to do it. Do it. You to Bang out a boom-bap drum pattern on a sequencer, then spin a record until you hear sections with catchy features. Try and find sounds that are isolated. Sample the portions you enjoy using a count of four. Chop them if you have to and arrange at the same tempo in measures forming the basis of a song. SP makes this look easy. Filter in a bass line, then it's time for a hook. This could be a few words that don't have to rhyme but sum up the message you're saying in a melody. Can't forget key relationship. Last but not least, tone usually depends on pitch and delivery so that everything can live in perfect harmony. Listen, show you how to do it. it. Show you how to do it. it. Show you how to do it. Listen, show you how to do do it.
0: Okay, uh, next up, we have No Place Like Home, a 2011 post-punk new wave piece by Infinite Loop, a New York band led by a cat named Gorka who hails from Bilbao, Spain. This is from their eponymously named first EP. wrap the set with Ivory by Decades, an alt-rock indie outfit based in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Now that's Jose, Jeff, Nick, Rich, and Alex. But hey, I'm just making sure I don't mangle any of y'all's last names. Uh, this cut comes from their 2015 debut album, Similar Lights.
3: Just stares back quiet.
0: notes today the 27th of november and some of y'all are still shaking off the trip to fan and double checking your shopping lists and some of y'all you know who you are could care less about net neutrality indifferent to p grabby pouting and tweeting about cnn and time magazine and boldly backing a child molester or the GFY GLP boldly trying to kill poor people just to give the radical rich a windfall by killing the silver spoon tax? Yeah, fuck calling it the death tax that don't apply to anybody you know, be honest. Uh, well, anyway, this week is just like last week for the dickish, mean-spirited, and self-serving, including the obvious okidoke against Al Franken who some of y'all desperately want gone before the impeachment barbecue gets served, which is coming next year. As far as I'm concerned, Al should only resign after P. Grabby does, and he needs to take Pence and the rest of the Clavering with him. Anyway, uh, we're going to cut the rant short here, and we're just going to run the dates. Okay, today, the 27th, in 1834... The electric motor was invented by Thomas Davenport, an American inventor of what was probably the first commercially successful electric motor. Uh, though several other inventors had experimented with motors, Davenport was the first one to secure a U.S. patent. Number 132 on February 25, 1837. Damn, even back then, it took three years? Jeez. Okay, for November 28th, in 1964, Mariner 4 was launched from Cape Kennedy and made its Mars flyby on July 14th, 1965. Uh, This was the first satellite to transmit a close-up photograph of Mars, flying as close as 6,000 miles. It had various field and particle sensors and detectors and a television camera, which took 22 TV pictures. And according to the wiki, of the flybys, orbiters, and landers sent just to Mars since 1960, a total of 56 missions, six were only partial successes, and we've only had 15 fully successful. Now that's not counting the four currently operational missions, which means getting your ass to Mars is still a tough-ass gig. Okay, for November 29th, that's World Solidarity Day with Palestinian people. Oh, and by the way, anybody who still bitches and moans about any criticism of Israeli policy is anti-Semitic. You know, when you pile shit on the Palestinians, that's also being anti-Semitic. Okay, moving on. Uh, for November the 30th, in 1897... A U.S. patent for a device for rolling cigarettes was issued to black American inventor J.A. Sweeting, number 594501, an example of ingenuity applied to the unfortunately insidious. But on this date in 1875, a U.S. patent was issued for a biscuit cutter, uh, issued to black American inventor Alexander P. Ashburn, Oh, that one was number 170460. Much better. Okay, December the 1st is the Prophet's birthday and World AIDS Day. And speaking of which, we have an event uh, a candlelight vigil in March happening from 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, starting at the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, 1035 Market Street, Suite 400 you can be standing in solidarity with those living with and affected by HIV. Uh, you're going to meet outside the San Francisco AIDS Foundation office and walk to City Hall. Everyone is welcome to attend, and it's organized by SF AIDS Foundation staff and the members of Black Brothers Esteem, the Dream Program, and Trans Life. Okay, let's see. December the 2nd is the World Day for Slavery Abolition. Yeah, because slavery is kind of picked up in business in Libya. And anyway, on this date in 1970, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency was established during the Nixon administration. Once the EPA was created, the federal government could set the lead to constrain the excessive pollution caused by industries unwilling to clean up their waste and emission. Can't hurt their profits. Sadly, Republican presidents after Nixon failed to fully embrace the same vision, and today, P. Grabby's regime is trying to just openly kill it. And let's see, December the 3rd is World Day for Persons with Disabilities. And in 1984, shortly after midnight, the inhabitants of the city of Bhopal, India, became victim of the world's worst industrial disaster. Over 40 tons of highly poisonous methyl isocyanate gas leaked out of the Union Carbide Pesticide Factory and enveloped an area of 40 square kilometers, killing thousands of people in its immediate wake. Over a half a million people suffered from acute breathlessness, pain in the eyes, and vomiting, as they ran in panic to get away from the poison clouds that hugged close to the ground for more than four hours. In 1989, after years of litigation, Union Carbide finally agreed to pay the Indian government $470 million chump change in damages. And in return, the government agreed to drop criminal charges against the company and its former chairman. Hmm. Uh, well, we also have an event on the 3rd the Lunada Literary Lounge happening from 7:30 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at Galleria de la Raza 2857 24th Street in the Mission now the Lunada Fall Season Closer features Floricanto with poeta Norma Liliana Valdez and vocalist Liza Jimenez accompanied by Manuel Constancio, Jr and a dynamite open mic. Uh, They celebrate a phenomenal year of work by emerging and established local and international artists and being voted Best Literary Night in the Bay Area two years in a row by the SF Bay Guardian. Uh, The host and curator is Sandra Garcia Rivera. Uh, The doors open at 7 and there's $5 admission. Uh, If you're going for the open mic, sign up at 7 o'clock. There are only ten spots on the list, you get five minutes each. Now that's poets, storytellers, MCs, musicians, laureates, veteranos, and first timers all invited to share their voices under the lunar spotlight. Cool. Hey, if you have promos, pluggers, gig info, and art opening, etc, send me an email. Uh, band pluggers I put right up on uh, the Facebook. The address is is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets. Download links. No attachments, please. And no promises.
3: Transfer complete.
0: Okay, in grid practice, my JFETs came in. Oh, my junction field effect transistors. Uh, the old school components that allow a current to flow right through them until you apply a voltage to the gate to block it. Uh, they came in on my first day at the new job. All 10, nice and pristine. Uh, the other parts for the ultra-low voltage jewel thief... Uh, I'll go after next month. Meanwhile, the Sunstone 6.5 AA battery went through a charge and load test. I hooked the unit up to my power supply set to 3 volts and checked it closely for about 30 minutes for any sign of heat or bubbling. But since it sat for a few days and the crystal salt electrolyte had thoroughly dried out, That turned out not to be an issue. After about three hours of charging, there was no melting around the aluminum and the battery was on the cool side of room temperature. Uh, I did an impromptu amperage test with uh, the 10 ohm resistor and got a reading of 23 milliamps that rapidly dropped down to a stable 10 milliamps which was still five times better than the three cell battery. Uh, I charged it for another hour or so, then I unhooked it and let it rest overnight in the next morning. Then the next day, I took an open voltage reading and got 3.5 volts. <laughs> Definitely overcharged. Well, anyway, I set up the test bed with the, the 10.2 ohm resistor and connected both multimeters to get voltage and amperage readings under load. The first results were 511 millivolts and 1.54 milliamps. Now that's a 3 volt drop across the resistor. That's not satisfactory at all. So I decided to just let it ride and take snapshots to document to get a clear answer as to whether or not these cells actually do increase voltage under a steady load. Well. After 5 minutes, I got 939 millivolts, 2.84 milliamps. After 10 minutes, it rose to 1.324 volts, 4.01 milliamps. And at 15 minutes, it went up to 1.674 volts and 5.08 milliamps. And right about then, the red voltmeter's battery alarm started going off. Uh, The numbers kept slowly creeping up as the meter kept beeping. And then at 25 minutes, I got 2.192 volts, 6.67 milliamps. Now, the red meter's battery gave out uh, a few seconds after that, just as it read 2.2 volts. Uh, well then I had to take a few minutes to unhook the sunstone from the test bed, uh, dig out the replacement coin battery and install it in the red meter, reconnect everything, and then the digital camera's battery went out. So I unhooked the stuff again, plugged the camera into the laptop to charge it, then I reconnected the stuff back up and took one last picture after four or five blurry attempts with the smartphone camera. Now this final reading was at about 40 minutes. 3.196 volts at 6.83 milliamps. Now that's a complete reversal of the first reading. A half a volt drop across the resistor and 21.829 milliwatts. Uh, Anyway, a result of milliamps instead of microamps under a load means the AA sunstone should be enough to work with the ultra low voltage jewelry and that's when i stopped the load test as the AA it finally stopped increasing in both voltage and amperage and started fluctuating up and down around three volts i took a total of 15 photos i put a few of them on the show's facebook page As lab notes and all 15 of them I have in an album on the Facebook and now the next day I checked the double-a and it was back down to a little over 1.1 volts but hey that's no biggie I mean I now know that I can charge hell I can safely overcharge this thing and get actual juice from it for more than a few minutes So now it's time for me to try another 3-volt battery, one I can run a white LED with, and try to determine that one last mystery number, how many amp hours these things might actually have. Okay, for one more tune, we close out this week with another nice number sent in by the previously featured Mercury and the Architects. And frankly, if these cats and MJT aren't on New York radio, why the hell not? Anyway, this is the first single off their upcoming debut album, The Ghost That Haunts My Castle, coming out December 22nd. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. Show files are at iTunes, except for number 23 and 37, the 9-11 show, Uh, Internet Archive, Stitcher, TuneIn, and MixCloud. Episode notes are on the pod pages, and you can download the MP3 directly. If you like the show, tell your friends. And to hell with ratings and reviews, because by now, I No Longer Give a Crap. Uh, show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for Monday, December 4th. I'm Larry, still trying hard to stay chill at my Garrett in the Mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco where we go through not into the darkness.